0: Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Let's start Monday morning and uh, our guest this morning is the National Ag Minister, Murray Watt, who joins us this morning. Murray, good morning. The countdown's on. One more week of uh, Canberra for you, mate, and you get to come back to the Sunshine State and you give yourself a bit of a break.
1: Can't happen soon enough, Ben. There's been a lot of time in Canberra this year, so you're right. One one last sitting week, there was a bit of talk that it might carry into next week, but uh, the way things are shaping up, I think we'll get it knocked over by the end of the week. So... Yeah, I look forward to spending a bit more time up in the Queensland summer rather than the uh, Canberra winter that goes on and on.
0: It surely does, mate. Um, it's been a tough start. Obviously, um, when you take over in government, and 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 you've got the you obviously the portfolio of the agricultural sector, there is a lot of people that want to offer opinions, and you walked into a firestorm to start off with, with you know FMD and, and everything going on there. Firstly, can we just get an update? How is how does the foot and mouth disease look on a world perspective? And and I, I will say that the hysteria and, and a lot of the a lot of the uh, unrest and, and and doomsday has sort of gone. It's still very much present overseas, but we put in some big steps. And obviously, things at this stage, fingers crossed, are looking pretty good from a biosecurity perspective here in Australia.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, Ben. You're right. It was a pretty big way to start this job. Uh, About four or five weeks into it, uh, getting a hit with FMD, getting to Bali, and obviously people were very worried about that. Um, And you know, not everyone kept their heads. There were a few people in politics and even some of your colleagues in the media who went a bit mad over the whole thing and tried to stir people up, which didn't really help at all. But I guess the most important message is that we remain free of FMD and LSD, uh, and we intend to keep it that way. So that you know, There is still a risk that we could have an outbreak here and probably LSD, lumpy skin disease, is, probably, is definitely a bigger risk uh, than FMD. But what we've really tried to do from the beginning is follow what we've called a three-pronged approach. So supporting Indonesia to get its outbreak under control, uh, strengthening our own protections at home, at the borders and things like that. And thirdly, making sure that we're fully prepared if we were to have an outbreak. And I think we've made some real progress on all three of those fronts. Um, just a week or two ago, we actually committed more resources to help in Indonesia through MLA and LiveCorp. Uh, we've obviously provided millions of vaccines now for both FMD and LSD to Indonesia, but also to other countries where there's a risk of it getting in, places like Timor-Leste and PNG. Um, and we're providing, we've provided training to hundreds of vets and other personnel in Indonesia to take them through best practice Uh, And as I say, only a week or two ago, we committed more resources through MLA and LiveCorp as well. Uh, And in our budget back in October, uh, a few weeks ago now, we increased uh, biosecurity funding by $134 million. uh, And some of that involved bringing forward money that the former government had committed to. They were going to spend it over four years. And we said, look, the risk is too great. We've got to get this done over the next two years. So there's more biosecurity offices at our airports and our mail centres. Yeah. Uh, we've obviously banned people from bringing in uh, meat from any country that has a FND uh, for personal consumption. Uh, and probably since you and I last spoke, Ben, we did a, a really uh, short, sharp review of how prepared we are as a country if we were to have an outbreak. And overall, it found we're pretty well prepared but made some good suggestions and we're implementing them now. But I want to pay tribute to everyone in the industry who's taken this seriously as well. Uh, you know, it was a very, very stressful time for people uh, and a lot of the industry leaders played a really responsible role in putting forward realistic suggestions rather than calling for mad stuff which which would only just stir people up. So sure. um, well done to all the producers as well for, for doing the right thing.
0: Well, look, we, we, we speak with Troy Setter regularly on this show and um, they have obviously streamlined it over in Indonesia themselves with FMD through a vaccination process and they've shown how – it can happen as well. They've shown how you can navigate in in a, in a country where there is and they haven't had any outbreaks at all in their operations. So would that be fair to say that with, – not with the help, but looking at some of those blokes like Troy Setter and what they've done and, and other people – you, you guys have, and in the government, have gained a better understanding on some practices. If, if it was to have an outbreak here, how you could minimise the spread of it?
1: Absolutely, I think the role that industry has played has been essential here, um, Ben. Just in providing us with suggestions that will really work on the ground. Uh, I actually got to know Troy before I was ever appointed to this role, which was pretty fortunate in hindsight. Um, so we knew each other coming into it, and. I've met with him regularly now over the course of the last few months and he's always got good suggestions because he's on the ground so often himself in Indonesia, being able to report back you know, information about what's happening on the ground, what's working. And you're right, the, the fact that his feedlots uh, have managed to ke- keep it out when they're smack bang in the middle of the, the red zone, if you like, in Sumatra uh, is a real credit to the work that they've done. And it shows that if you follow good biosecurity practice, you can keep these things out. So there's a, there's a range of industry players that have been really useful in providing good intelligence about what's happening over there and what the best practice is. So between government and industry working closely together, that's how we've been able to keep these diseases out and that's exactly what we intend to keep doing.
0: Yeah, and, and look, fingers crossed that we get through it. Um, look, there's going to be some you know different times and there's always biosecurity risks. Let's just hope that this doesn't come into our industry. Can I talk about Murray and, and obviously... This is a sensitive topic when we talk about land clearing in Queensland. Um, We've seen some huge statements made by organisations that aren't uh, linked at all to the Labor government um, around that in 2018, 2019, that Queensland has cleared the size of the Gold Coast uh, in land clearing. Now, the devil's always in the detail. And we now know that the environmental minister uh, in Tanya is she's looking into it. And there is some potential... Changing of legislation because it all doesn't link up. the The federal legislation is different to each state by state legislation. You, you're on the ground, and I understand that as part of the Labor Party that you guys have some clear um, outlines that as as a as a group that you want to do. But as the Ag Minister, you know that we're environmentalists, and you know that 99.99% of Queenslanders in the agriculture sector are doing everything they possibly can to look after the environment. So. How do we stop the the hysteria that comes out about this and and the negative press that continually goes on about an industry that we all love so much?
1: Yeah, look, I think it is a real challenge, uh, Ben. And I've said before that sometimes the, that city-country divide that we have in Australia means that people don't always understand each other and don't understand what's going on. And I've really seen part of my role to be, if you like, an ambassador for the industry to make sure that All decision makers in federal government or anywhere else have access to what's really going on on the ground. Uh, And look, I recognise that um, your average farmer has made big improvements in terms of the sustainability of their operations in recent years. And I've seen in a couple of the big speeches that I've done in the role that pretty much every farmer I meet when I go on their properties, within minutes they're talking to me about what they're doing about sustainability. And they're talking about, you know, the impact that they can see from the changing climate on their yields, on their rainfall and other things. So what I've come to realise is that farmers often get a bad rap uh, about how they manage the environment. You know, your average farmer knows that their their ongoing profits and whether they can hand on their farm to their family is going to depend on managing the land sustainably. And sure. that's something that we really want to get behind. So. Um, I think it's actually good now that we've got a government in Canberra who who wants to do some good things on sustainability because so many people in the industry do as well, uh, and that way by working together um, we can make sure that we continue get good in pr- getting good production from our lands, but also make sure that it's around for future generations as well. Um, so I think it can be done, and a lot of it comes down to listening to people. You know, you have got to get out there and listen to people and see what's actually happening. Uh, just recently, I was in South Australia uh, visiting a, a drought hub that they've got down there, which is sort of all about uh, growing different types of feedstock for uh, mainly sheep down that way, but also cattle. Uh, And those sort of things are going on around the country where people are trying new things um, to make sure that the land is looked after, but that we can keep having an agriculture industry because that's what we all want. We've got to feed the world, um, but we want to make sure we do it sustainably so we can do it in a 100 years' time or a 1,000 years' time.
0: Rural Queensland Today, we're talking with Ag Minister Murray Watt. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today.